0: Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we got to have another conversation with Mac Brock. If you hadn't heard our first chat with him, make sure to go through our archives and check it out. But this conversation is just so, so good. We talked about his new album. We talked about worship ministry in this day and age. We talked a little bit about where church is going. Uh, Chris and him, I'm not much of a sports guy, spend some time talking about basketball and shoes and stuff like that. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Church Collective Podcast.
1: And I think the heart, the, the big picture heart of this record is... To remind people that there is always space with Jesus Mm. and I think right now I don't know I feel like we we've been dealing this whole year has been a year of space you know (laughs) it's it's been a a year of uh like slowing down like a forced slow down space in our time Mm. space at home it's just been a lot of I don't know just that idea of like what so what do we what do we do to like take up all the space that we have or, or, or what are we doing with that? And for, for me, I wanted to, to remind myself, I wanted to remind my family uh, that no matter what we're facing, no matter what, like we're carrying their space with Jesus. And, and Jesus is a presence that, that creates space that makes room for us all the time. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes it feels like crowded. I don't know, sometimes it feels like, our lives are so crowded uh that it gets like overwhelming and so just i don't know like had this idea of of that open space you know in jesus's presence
0: yeah so so was this inspired you know entirely by the times like like, like talk about the inception of this name and the yeah. album and all that yeah
1: yeah not not even really i, I think it was um maybe uh an unintentional just kind of response, you yeah. know, didn't go didn't go into the record saying like, I want to write a record about 2020. <laughs> um, but I think naturally a lot of these songs came out of rights that I was having this year. You know, it came out a, a lot of like songwriting that I was doing yeah. during this year. And, and a lot of rights that were done over Zoom because <laughs> we were all in quarantine. Um, and so there, there are a lot of, you know, just kind of like natural connections, but it wasn't a, I don't know, it wasn't a, this is what I wanna write, you know, this record about. Sure. Who did you write with? Like,
2: did you team up with people?
1: All over the place, man. <laughs> it was so many, you know, so many different people and, and so many people that I love and I'm so grateful for. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I love about the worship community. Is that there's so many songwriters that are writing like for the church Uh, and so you know amanda cook is one of them phil wickham jonathan smith hank bentley jason ingram matt marr i mean it's like a ton of you know a ton of people that i respect and i look up to that um you know i just love getting to make music with
2: did you have to do everything over zoom or did you do any in person
1: there was probably Actually, the song Space, um, I wrote with Amanda and and another friend of ours, Nate Moore, from House Fires. We wrote that song, it was like the first week of March or something like that. It was like right before kind of everything shut down. So that was like the last in-person writing session that I had uh, before everything kind of moved to virtual. And then did you...
2: So you're in um are you in Franklin right now?
1: No, I'm still in Charlotte.
2: Oh, you're in Charlotte? As well?
1: Yep. We're still- staying put. We love it here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's you. Um well so that I was going to ask how did you assemble well first off did did the all, the players that played um like in the video in the most recent video? Are they on all the songs or is it different players on each song?
1: Yeah, so we, we really went into this record, you know, initially like I wanted to do, you know, like a, like a church record that, that was just a night of worship, you know, at my church with our people. Obviously when that couldn't happen, uh, I still wanted to capture, I don't know, just like the heart of worship, like in that space. And so what we did is, is we recorded, we just took a full day. It was the same guys, but we treated just even, you know, the recording of the record. It was more of like a worship experience than it was like a video shoot. Um, We had a lot of people with us that day, just kind of in the room, praying, interceding, worshiping with us, even though it wasn't like a, I don't know, like an event with, you know, like a, (laughs) you know, like a church service. Uh, And so we really treated just the whole recording. Like a worship experience so it was the same players the same people involved for the whole project
2: yeah that's cool um our buddy dom i saw him playing um, oh dom
1: he's the best
2: we we had asked um like our community what what questions we should ask you for this podcast and the uh the one question was when is the snare sample coming out
1: (laughs) man one, Dom rules of the drums, and I was, I'm just so happy. I, I've played with Dom for years and years, and I was just so happy to have him involved with this project. But then, two, Sean Moffitt really crushed the mix and kind of elevated everything, especially from a drum perspective. He elevated everything to another level.
2: That's why I was thinking you were in Nashville, because I was confused, because I, I was seeing Dom and... Um, what what's his name on bass? Jeremy, that's Jeremy, right? Yeah, Jeremy. Okay, and then but then I know Sean Moffat had mixed it, which he's in Nashville, right? Yep. And yeah, you kind of mentioned Hank Bentley. So I was I was I was wondering, like, did did the Charlotte guys fly to Nashville or did we did everything? Yeah, we did
1: everything in Charlotte and uh and captured everything. And you know, I've worked with Sean a ton. Sean is like a brother to me. Anytime I'm in Nashville, I just wind up staying at Sean's house. <laughs> and so uh, unfortunately, though, because of like the situation, this is probably the first project that we had to do everything from a mixed perspective was all uh, online, pretty much, you know, it was all remote. And so but, you know, he's he crushes it and he does so good that we were able to get it done without me being there in person.
2: Yeah. So where did you track everything?
1: We, there's a place in Charlotte, um, that a good friend of mine, uh, Lisa Turkhurst, she's a author speaker. She's amazing. Um, she on her property has this space that she kind of uses for, you know, ministry events and all this stuff. And it's, uh, it's just kind of this big open room and she let us kind of take over for a couple of days and that's where we did it and it's not like a you know it wasn't like a studio or or a, even like a church room or anything like that so we just kind of brought in everything and set up in the round and just kind of went from there
0: yeah I'm, I'm always fascinated to talk especially now that we're so many months into this this paradigm shift do you have like kind of what are your thoughts on church just in general do you any sense of where things are going i mean it's pretty clear at this point feels like there's never like a time where we're like okay cool we're right back to where we were but like right. what, what what are you seeing
1: yeah I mean I don't I don't know I don't know what it's gonna look like yeah. really uh I did you know Brian Houston posted something a, a while back that was just like such an encouragement to me where, where he was essentially he was saying like everybody's asking like you know what is God doing right now in the church and and what is he going to do and what's going to come and and he he was basically saying you know God is going to keep doing what he's always done sure and and he's going to keep moving in the same you know moving like he's always moved and I think if anything this time has been a just even a reminder or recalibration that the church isn't the the meeting you know just the gathering service like the church is God's people and the church is you know, even if it's a, a community of people at a specific church, mm. uh, it goes beyond that. And I think that that's kind of what we're seeing. And so hopefully, you know, from a family unit perspective, families are, are locking into that idea more of like, you know, God's church is, is his people and and the community that's taking place like within those people, you know, and it's not just a service. And so, but as far as like what it's gonna look like, you know, from a, like when we, when we start meeting together again, or, or, you know, I know a lot of churches are doing that half capacity stuff. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know what it's gonna look like in 2021 or you know yeah. beyond. Sure. But I, but I do think that that challenge, or just even that reminder, and just the, the idea of like, you know, God's church, isn't slowing down yeah just because we you know just because we've slowed down like how we were meeting or changed the way that we were meeting sure and i find a lot of encouragement in that
0: yeah do you you have any advice for um like the the worship leader that still isn't meeting yet and kind of trying to figure out what they should be doing with themselves i'd love to maybe coach them a little bit you've got so much like great worship leadership under your belt like what what do you tell that person is like that's all i what what i do if i can't
1: get up there (laughs) No, I mean, I I feel it too, you know, because I was leading, you know, traveling and leading all the time, and and yeah. all that shut down, you know, and and I was really nervous. Um, I told to my wife, I was like, man, I'm, yeah, what same thing, like, what am I gonna do? Like, what am I doing with my time? What am I doing right. with, like with my energy? And and I think like the biggest thing that I I don't know that I would encourage people to do is is that like. Being a worship leader, leading songs is like such a small component to your ministry. And it's such a small Mm -hmm. component to like what the Lord has like called you to do. That's a part of it. And being a leader, leading a worship moment is a part of it. But man, like relationally, that's like the biggest leadership thing that we can do is like, you know, pouring into the people that we're called to lead and building those communities and and I don't know, just like minus, like loving on people and and <laughs> you know and 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 being a present leadership like forcing people's lives is such a that's like the biggest part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage people like to press into that. You know, there's a reason why the Lord is like slowed down that one aspect of what you do. Maybe it's to call to call you to like dig deeper in those other areas and to dig deeper in the relational side or the, you know, serving people side, whatever it might be, whatever it looks like for you specifically, um, just lean into that more. Mm. Was there, was,
2: were you thinking when you finished the album, like, should I release this now? Like with with COVID and everything, where did you second guess like the timing
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, just even early on in COVID, I think I was, you know, I was releasing like songs and and it felt really weird to me. And I, I was talking to my wife. My wife is such a good voice in my life. She's a good, just steady, um, I don't know, just like steady force in my life. And I was telling her, I was like, man, I, I just, it does feel weird to release like new music in this time or to even feel does it feel like weird promoting stuff, you know, like just putting out on Instagram, like, Hey, I got a new song. I'll check it out, whatever. And I feel naturally like, just kind of like turned off by that. But my wife had just such a good perspective of like the need for that right now. There's such a need for, for just singing truth and singing reminders to ourselves, like more, you know, more so than more than ever is, is this need for like truth in music and, and, and to realign our hearts to like worshiping God every day, you know, no matter what, like it's going on right in front of us. And so I don't know, there, there definitely was like that second guessing or that weirdness in my spirit. But at the same time, I think when I've like my heart with, with what we're doing or just even like realign, like, okay, this is the purpose behind it. Um, I think it's still important.
2: What's the, uh, what's the worst and best thing about COVID for you, for, like for your lifestyle, like things that <laughs> changed?
1: Man, like I said, I was really nervous at first, just because I I do travel a good bit. And, and we're in a good rhythm with my family, like we're in a good rhythm with travel where it doesn't feel like overwhelming. It feels like we're still being able to be like engaged. So I was actually like nervous, of, like I'm gonna go stir crazy, just like being, you know, being cooped up in the house all the time. But it it actually turned into a really sweet, sweet like thing for our family. Um, it, you know, it was just a, a deepening season for us, you know, for me and my kids. and uh and so that that has turned into honestly like the best part of it for us is just the connection i feel like we've had as a family and kind of i don't know digging like deeper into those roots uh the worst i mean i do you know like that long stretch of like not getting to worship in a room with people was like pretty brutal you know felt i was doing a whole lot of like zoom worship (laughs) worship things or like pre-recorded stuff where I'm just like leading to a camera and that's fine you know that's fine for a season and and for sure feel like you know the Lord like can do whatever he wants to do in whatever situation whatever setting um and so felt like even those were like still special in some way but the first time that I got to lead and actually hear other people singing back with me was (laughs) was like okay yeah I have missed this bad
2: yeah, what's the um, what's the like the dynamic in Charlotte right now with COVID? I I know I went there like maybe May. Um, yeah, and the the first person I actually saw was Dom. And, okay. And it had been like a good like three months since I had any like physical touch with anybody, and he <laughs> and I was just was like, oh, <laughs> like right. I mean, weirdest feeling and he's like oh my bad i was like oh no it's just i like hadn't like had (laughs) anybody dap or anything you know and like he went straight in for the hug and i was like that was that was awesome but it like freaked me out for a second but like what what is the dynamic right there
1: now i mean i think a lot of churches are kind of like back open with like social distancing stuff or you know just kind of like the half capacity there are a lot of churches that are meeting um you know just kind of trying to follow the guidelines and and rules yeah
2: it's so weird going from like state to state like every state has kind of its own what's right what's not you know yeah like are you guys like all wearing masks and stuff or is it
1: yeah yeah so if like we're inside you know usually yeah everyone's wearing a mask or at least like wearing a mask until they get to their seat or something. Okay. But I mean, pretty much for the most part, like anytime I've been at a church inside, it's most everyone's just wearing masks the whole time.
2: Yeah. Do you do you have a mask game?
1: A mask game? <laughs> <laughs> I've got one that uh, is not too bad and it's breathable. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about. <laughs>
2: i've been through like 10 trying to find one that like
1: it doesn't know. fog up my glasses all the time yeah um
2: i'm i'm so tempted to ask you stuff about like the election but like when this comes <laughs> out, <I'm
1: probably> <laughs> it'll be old news right. and,
2: uh, <laughs> funny we're, like, it seems like we're all like sleep deprived waiting for
0: what's going right on. i know yeah for, for those, know. those of you that are listening it just it had the election was yesterday so we're blustery blustery eyed we still or don't open. know what's yeah we
1: still don't know what's coming
0: <laughs> yeah so we'll be look listen back to ourselves on this
1: hopefully by the release of this podcast we will know <laughs> yeah, who yeah. Our president <laughs> is.
0: we'll uh, see what, what what's god been like teaching you specifically like i'd love to hear like are you reading anything really inspiring like like what's what's been going on just recently with you
1: Man, uh, I, you know, I, I, there's nothing that I'm reading right now that comes to mind, you know, sure. that is sticking out. I think, I don't know, like, like I said, like, <laughs> I feel like me and my wife have been like in a really good rhythm of like communicating. And, and yeah. uh, you know, if you're married, you, you kind of know that sometimes you have like really, like where you're constantly like communicating, Uh, And we're like in a season where I feel like the Lord is just like teaching both of us a lot. And it's kind of like a lot of just like conversations that we're having with each other. Um, We just started fostering this past summer. Uh, And so even in that, there's been just a lot that the Lord is, I don't know, gracing over our family and kind of like depositing, I don't know, just like peace over us in that season. And it is is like a challenge and there's a lot that like comes with it, but it's, I think the biggest thing that the Lord is like, I don't know, maybe this is like, even pertains to the election or whatever. Biggest thing that the Lord has been like pushing on us this, this past several months is just the relinquishing of like control and like, just like trusting God. And I know that that's like a basic, that's a basic Christian thing. (laughs) That's like, you know, Christianity one-on-one, trust God. Right. Uh, But In my life, I know that I'm, I'm just a, I can be a control freak. I like to know what's coming. I like to know, like, I like to have all my ducks in a row and knows what's happening. And God is just like reminding me constantly of just his grace and, and the fact like that we can just kind of like rest in him. And we've seen it, you know, with this fostering process and kind of all the unknowns that kind of come along with that. And you know being a parent in general like with my own two like my own two kids that that we have is it's a constant wrestling match of like trust and wanting to gain control and then like releasing the trust and wanting to gain control and so that's probably the biggest i don't know the biggest headline over like our family right now has been that trust you know that trust factor
0: sure a little bit of a you know detour but I'd love to hear if you'd be open for it like what what inspired you guys to foster like if you'd be okay sharing about that
1: yeah I mean it's something that was on our heart for a long time um yeah. started off like being like a seed that was planted in Meredith's spirit my wife and at first I was very much like uh I am not cut out for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I was just like that sounds too scary for me and Ultimately, you know, definitely like talked it out with her and, and just a lot of like kind of fasting and praying for us. Yeah. Um, and This is where, you know, we felt like the Lord was like leading us. And, and so back in November is when we started the process, like the licensing process. Mm. And it took, you know, took several months, but in April we got licensed. And I, I think the biggest thing for us, or at least like the biggest thing for me I was scared about is like me and my wife both work weird jobs you know like (laughs) our careers are just not normal structured every week looks different every day is you know up in the air of like what we're doing and if we're going to be in town or out of town and so for me i was very much like i don't even know how we could do this
0: yeah
1: you know how this would like work um and we're both so busy and all this stuff and and just felt like this is going to be like too overwhelming and i think one of the biggest things that we've learned just in the process, and we look back in our marriage, our own lives, we can see how the Lord is like always doing this. But like when we say yes, and when we're like obedient to the stuff that he puts on our heart, he expands our bandwidth to be able to meet whatever he's calling us to do, you know? And and so we've we've seen that already to where like even having, you know, our foster son with us, it hasn't been this overwhelming oh like every day is survival mode yeah. and and that's not to say it's you know it's it's just super easy or anything like that like we're, we have to be intentional with our time we have to figure out there's a lot of moving pieces but the moment that we like just said yes i feel like the lord like expanded our bandwidth expanded our capacity to be able to do it
2: with the album was there anything specific like a song um, on there where something in your life or something that was happening really inspired the song?
1: Um, I mean, there's a song that I just released recently. It's like the second uh, release before the album called Your Presence is a Promise. And I think that that song is just, that's a song that I started writing three years ago. And it's a song that has been uh, important to me because i do i don't know in in our world we talk a lot about valleys and mountains and you know i'm in a valley season or i'm in the desert or, you know whatever it might be i'm in like a low season and, and sometimes those can feel like just really you know dark depressing and, and feel like i'm just trying to survive i'm just trying to get by and and i've known in my life like whenever me and my wife have felt like we're like in a wilderness season. It's easy to get like eaten up with discouragement, or it's easy to get eaten up with like, I don't know, just like focusing on like what's right in front of you. And this song kind of came out of this idea of like, man, like the Lord, like the Lord promises his presence to us. And and when we're in those wilderness seasons that doesn't we're not in a wilderness because like we're far from him like that's when he like draws us even closer that's when he pulls us even like in tighter and I I know from my life I need I need that reminder like constantly I get distracted so easily I can get like discouraged so easily and just to have that reminder and to go back to that was just I don't know it's important to me and to even to even say like there's a line in the bridge that says um Uh, I will not fear the future because you're already there. And even saying that is important to me because I get, like I said, I want to know what's coming. I want to know all the things that's like happening. And if I don't, I start to get stressed. I start to feel like, you know, anxiety, like creeping in. And so just to even say, to speak out loud, like whatever's going to come, like I'm not going to fear it because you're already there. Like he's our like time is of no, you know, God works beyond all of our time, the way that we think about time or the way we experience time. And so to just even know that, um, I don't know, it's helpful for me.
2: Yeah. You, um, you mentioned anxiety and like quite a few people that we've had on the podcast recently have talked about anxiety. Like Chris McClarney went pretty deep into his battle with anxiety Hmm. Uh, and James Duke has gone into it too. Like how much, um, do you struggle with anxiety or, and has, COVID like heightened it at all
1: yeah you know I grew up not really struggling with it at all um I was like very even keel like as a kid and teenager just kind of like oh it's all good like just very mellow um and I think when I had kids definitely started like that started spiking up in my spirit you know and I was like oh what what is this I'm not used to this and And definitely have, like, wrestled with that, you know, over, you know, last several years. It, like, kind of comes in waves or whatever. And I think, I don't know, you know, when you asked about, like, has COVID, like, sparked it even more? Surprisingly, not. Uh, I don't really even know why. I think, like, maybe it's just, like, I don't know, just, like, a grace over me right now, a grace over us that... I felt a little, you know, that's not to say that it hasn't, like, poked its head around, but I haven't felt like this, like, overwhelming dread or, you know, even with this, like, election, as crazy as it is, um, I I just have a lot of, like, peace in my spirit and, and peace over, you know, my family and uh, whatever the outcome might be or whatever, like, is, is coming. And so I don't even know really what to say of, like, this is the reason why I'm, like, I'm not struggling with it right now other other than um, just God's grace right now over (laughs) over us and uh, yeah I'm grateful for it.
2: What about the um, the the overall sound of the album? Um, I mean it feels like everything you do is super fresh anyway but how intentional were you with like how you wanted it to sound or did you just kind of let it be organic?
1: A little bit of both. Um, me and Aaron Robertson produced it. And Aaron's been a friend of mine for, you know, over 15 years. And we've worked together on so many projects. And so I think just even us, when we started pre-production of these songs, we're both kind of like, just like locked into like, this is what we both like. This is what we're drawn to. And this is kind of what we're going to like press into. And so we, so I kind of knew from the start, like, these are the sounds that I want to go for. And this is like the overall like vibe of this project. Just even when I decided like I want to make this project with Aaron, you know, I kind of knew like where we were going. And then I think it's just surrounding myself. I've always been a big believer of like, I kind of have like an overall idea of like what I want it to sound like, but it's more so I'm going to surround myself with the types of players that I trust their sound or I trust like what they can bring. And and I know that it's gonna kind of, the pieces are gonna fall into place because I I trust the guys that I'm doing it with. And so every musician that was a part of this project, I just have a lot of love and respect for and just knew what they were gonna bring to the table was gonna elevate all the songs.
2: I can't remember if I asked you last podcast or not, but I if I did, I can't remember what you said, but what are like some, <laughs> artists or groups even secular that that you you just enjoy like who are you fans of?
1: Yeah I mean I'm fans of a lot uh you know I love the Killers new record um I I think it's awesome um I'm a big Hillsong fan you know anything like United does like the People record I thought was so inspiring and so special from a songwriting perspective but didn't I Obviously, like from the sonics of how they sound is just like really amazing. Um, Yeah, I really, you know, there's this uh, rapper out of Houston, Toby uh, Nwigwe, that's doing some amazing stuff this year. That's like everything he's releasing is like it's like something I've never heard before. (laughs) And it's like really amazing. Um, So it's kind of all over the place, you know, from worship to you know, rock bands to hip hop, I like it all.
2: If you could go on tour with any non-living musician, who would you want to go on tour with?
1: They have to be dead. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's a, a morbid twist there. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> no, dang, um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it's like a like it's like a worship.
2: I, Not worship, just like. <laughs> favorite non-living artist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know if they would I would say that they're my favorite non-living artist, but I think like to go on tour with Keith Green would be pretty wow. fantastic and would probably be life-changing.
2: Yeah. Man, people don't talk about him that much anymore. <laughs> he Do you was awesome. songs.
1: No, I don't have any I mean, I, I like his songs, but I've never done them, I don't think. That'd be dope to, like, remake one. Yeah. So product.
0: so maybe I'll, I'll jump in there. Like, I, knowing knowing full well that, like, a lot of our audience tends to be younger, maybe just let's give them, Max, since you brought him up, give them a little, like, why should they go look into Keith Green?
1: <laughs> Man, Keith Green, he was just <laughs> such a pioneer. He, I mean, uh, I know yeah, – I know that I always get annoyed, or <laughs> maybe when I was younger, I would get annoyed when people would say, like, you need to listen to them because they're the ones that, <laughs> right? They're the reason why the band that you like now even exists. Sure. Uh, so I sound like an old person saying this, <laughs> you know, showing my age. But Keith Green really was like the pioneer in, in what he was doing from a songwriting perspective and, and the type of songs that he was writing about Jesus and writing for believers but also he was uh just the way that he lived you know he was very much um, just a community guy and and was all about just loving people and serving people and and ministering to people like with his life beyond the music that he was making so just that's why I say like even being on tour with him you know, because touring is a lot more than just being on stage, right? You, know, you got like 23 hours of the day that you're off stage, just living life. And so that's what I think just even being around him would be really a special experience.
0: Sure. I think that that opens up probably a, a great conversation for our audience and just like, talk a little bit about where how much new music should we do be doing? How much should we be blending stuff? You know, what is Tomlin's amazing grace? Okay. Should it just be a hymn? Like maybe, I mean, it's, it's a worn road for worship leaders to talk about, but maybe just kind of give us your, your perspective on how much do you honor the past in your worship sets and how much should it be fresh? And just what, where do you kind of sit Uh, on all that?
1: Yeah. I don't think that there are any rules. I think that, you know, I think that just, that, I mean that's what's so amazing about just even the genre of, of worship is like we have such a extensive library of songs that are so powerful and so special and can be interchangeable throughout a wor- you know a worship set or an album or whatever it might be. Um, and because of like what they're saying, because of the truth of what they're saying, they never really, get old you know you never yeah it's it's always relevant to sing the these songs you know even you know Hillsong just released a new project that's just kind of like a restructuring of a lot of their like old powerful yeah. songs and just kind of like even living with that it feels super fresh it feels super uh i don't know it, today it feels like it's like a, an album for today even though it's like old songs and so i love that about the worship genre I do think that we're also like called to always be like moving forward and writing and yeah. you know being creative with our songs and being creative with our language and our music and all that stuff, uh, but I don't think we can ever get tired of looking looking at the past as well.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: Random question: Is that a Harlem Globetrotters basketball? Your- <laughs> it's not. Uh, <laughs>
1: But it looks like one. Okay. That's a, that basketball was a gift. It, it was signed by uh, the 2020 All-Star team, like all the All-Stars from this past uh, All-Star weekend.
2: The, oh, the NBA?
1: All-Star?
2: Yeah, yeah, for the NBA.
1: Oh, wow. Not the Trotters.
2: Okay. <laughs> the colors look like the old uh, – It like, really does. Like Globetrotters. Did you go for that game, the All-Star game?
1: No, I wasn't there, um, but I had a friend that was, and, and he gifted that to me. Okay. Are you
2: a big NBA fan?
1: Yes, very much. Who's your team? Well, the team's the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, that's like my team team, yeah. but my other team is whoever LeBron James is playing for. Okay. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> so, right now, my team's the Lakers. <laughs>
2: What did you think of that whole thing, the bubble, like, like, I loved it-, it.
1: I thought that they pulled it off so well. Um, I thought, yeah, everything about, like, the way that they, like, made it happen and were able to finish, you know, finish out the season in the playoffs, I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, I I, And love- I don't
1: think that there's an asterisk besides the championship.
2: Yeah, I thought it was awesome too. I, lo- I, lo- I really enjoyed seeing the dynamics of the bubble. And people getting caught like trying to sneak out of the bubble
1: (laughs) yeah i love that i love the the, yeah all the storylines was really (laughs) were really great too but just even like the way it looked like all the games like looked great they weren't it wasn't weird uh i I was a little bit nervous that it would feel like it was just a practice
0: yeah you know like
1: they're just like in an empty gym but they pulled it off well great games great playoffs that's
2: awesome um so where are you now like as far as like are you serving at a church or are you just floating around or yes
1: yeah, so we're part of a church um in charlotte but i'm not uh on staff or you know um i i play bass on the worship team sometimes <laughs> when i'm home uh yeah but yeah so we're involved there and we and we serve there
2: Wow, that must be intimidating for the worship leaders. I know. I was going to say, do they oh, never? Oh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're not. I don't think they're intimidated. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> how did you? Um, how did you settle on on that church?
1: Um, they we had some friends there, and that spoke highly of it. And so, you know, when me and my wife uh, visited several times, it just felt really. I don't know, just in tune, felt like home, felt like the the people there were really great and uh, it's been awesome.
2: So you're you're planning on just staying put in Charlotte, you're not?
1: Yeah, we love Charlotte. Nashville? Man, there's been, you know, there's always like, I'd probably be smarter if I moved to Nashville (laughs) for for what I'm doing in the world I'm in, but we just love Charlotte so much. Charlotte, it's like my favorite city and I think we're going to stay put here for a while.
2: Have you been um collaborating on anybody else's albums?
1: Uh I mean I I write a lot with people. Um and so yeah, I feel like, you know, all all the people that I'm like songwriting with, it's all for different projects or different, you know, other things that's going on in the in the worship world and so there's always kind of stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Are you doing, um, like, like, how often are you doing uh, writing sessions with people?
1: Uh, so I was just having this conversation with Cody Carnes recently about, like, once you're releasing an album, are you still, like, writing a lot? And it definitely slows down for me. You know, I'll go through seasons where it's, like, I'm writing for an album or I'm writing for this project. And so it's, like, nonstop or you know, every day kind of like locking it in or it's like, you know, I'll pick like two weeks where I'm writing multiple times a day and it's like very intense. Now that I'm, you know, I'm about to release a record and I would say that this is almost like the off season of that. Uh, I'm still probably writing like once or twice a week Okay. where you still kind of want to keep, you know, i just will always be writing and I definitely want to keep one like that muscle going, uh, and and just kind of not get too lazy with that but also realize like I have to slow down (laughs) you know I have to slow down sometimes yeah so I'm kind of always doing it but at different paces you know depending on the season
0: let's talk uh gear a little bit are you uh, what kind of uh guitars and stuff were involved in the in the album
1: um I'm not a super gearhead. Sure. Uh, So I couldn't tell you, like, what everyone was playing. Right, right. You know, for for me, I played – I have an Elliott 357, I have a Gibson 335. That's what I played uh, most of it for. I also have this, like, old Gibson acoustic. It's a B25. It's, like, 1964. Wow. It's, like, a little small body acoustic that my mom bought when she was in high school uh, that's just kind of stayed in the family. But I – It's a guitar that I kind of write everything on and still think it sounds great. And so I I play that on the record a lot too. That's great. Thanks for being a part of this episode. We cannot
0: wait to connect with you. Make sure you get yourself into the Church Collective community on Facebook. Go over, look up the Church Collective community and connect there. Say, hey, can't wait to see you there.